so honored and privileged to be here today. It's rare I get to travel all over the U.S. doing Chosen. Um, I'm an events person. I'm normally not the person on stage, which is actually better. Um, but I have the privilege of traveling around, and it's rare that I get to go into a church where I actually, from the first moment, feel at home. And that's what I feel here at Mission Ebenezer. So I'm super thankful and excited to be with you all. Um, so before I get into my message, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about myself. So my uh, name is Wandali Vargas, for those of you who know Spanish. I am originally from Puerto Rico, that beautiful island. Um, I have, but I have been living in Chicago for most of my life. Um, how I first learned about World Vision was in back in 2018. Someone from World Vision came to our church and asked if we would partner with World Vision to run the Chicago Marathon for clean water. And um, at the time, I had never ran a marathon in my life, and I had never even done more than four miles. But I was like, there was something about that challenge that intrigued me, and I decided to go for it and do it. And little did I know that that decision was going to lead to me being on staff at World Vision just a year later. Because what I found out is that the more I was about around people from World Vision, and the more that I learned about their, vig their mission, which is to bring life in all of its fullness to vulnerable children around the world, the more I knew that I needed to be a part of this organization. And God has been doing a new work in our lives at World Vision. And as the world's largest Christian humanitarian organization, his renewing spirit is in our midst like never before in our 72 years of ministry. And with one crazy idea, he has radically reversed our world, and that's what I'm going to share with you today. So if you can turn your Bibles to John chapter 4. Um, here in John chapter 4, we read the story of the Samaritan woman, a well-known story. Let me just take this mic off. A well-known story if you've been in church long enough. And this is definitely one of my favorite stories. And in a minute, I'll share with you why. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with this story, let me just give you a brief summary. Um, but let me first ask you a question. Have you ever had a radical reversal in your life? Something very specific that happened that radically, radically changed your life forever. That you know without a doubt that if that thing, that event had not happened, uh, you would have completely gone a different way. Has anybody had that? I know I have. Um, so in here, chapter 4, two things about the story stand out the most, and those are, in this time, there, was a religious, there were religious differences between the Jews and the Samaritans, a difference that lasted well over 400 years. To say they were divided would be an understatement. Uh, Jewish men, number two, Jewish men, more specifically Jewish rabbis, did not speak to women in public not even their own wives or daughters. Yet with all of that, let's see what it says here in verses 3 and 4. So John uh, 4, verse 3, it says, He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. Jesus was supposed to head straight to Galilee. He was not supposed to make any stops. But when we read in verse 4, it says, But he needed to go through Samaria. And I don't know if you're like me, but that word needed just jumps out at you. But for me, it 
not only jumps at me, but it gets me all excited. Because you see, Jesus could have simply said he wanted to go through Samaria, but no, he said needed. Meaning that Jesus went out of his way to find this Samaritan woman. He went out of his way to meet her, Jesus, the Messiah. Let the Samaritan woman know that day that he saw her, that he knew her, and that he, she was not forgotten and that she had value. Uh, when I was 12 years old, my mom and my siblings moved to Chicago with lifelong friends. Uh, but I wanted to stay in Puerto Rico with my dad, so I stayed there till my sixth grade graduation for six months. And after six months, I came to Chicago to live with my mom. On uh, my first few days of being in Chicago, all I kept hearing about from my friends uh, was about on Sundays, they would ride in big yellow buses, and they would go all the way to Hammond, Indiana, which is another city in another state, like 45 minutes away. And on the way, they were fed peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, which... Was the first time I ever had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> uh, they would sing songs. Some would swallow goldfish. Whatever it took to get the people to go to church. So they were telling me about it. And that same week I got to Chicago, I went to church with them on Sunday. And they called it Indiana Church. Um, so this church, like I said, was located in Indiana. It had a bus ministry that consisted of Bible college students hopping on these buses every Saturday, driving down to Chicago and going door to door. They would invite kids and really anyone to come to church. And each section had a number route and a bus captain, uh, which would be the leader of the bus. So on my second week of attending Indiana Church, as the kids would call it, the bus asked the bus captain asked me the most important question anyone had ever asked me in my life up until that point. He asked me, if you were to die today, do you know if you were going to go to heaven? And of course, I said no. And right then and there on the bus, on our way to church, he led me to Christ. And yes, and if that were the end of the story, it would be great, but no. That's not the end of the story. At the end of that summer, we were all getting ready uh, for the upcoming school year. And the bus captain, his name is Brother Chris, uh, he once again asked me another important question. He asked me, if I were to pay for your school bill, would you attend our Christian school? And of course, I said yes. So, and I know, I immediately, I immediately said, yeah, said yes. And that year, I attended a Christian school. That event caused a radical reversal in my life. I was literally headed in one direction, and that radical reversal changed the course of my life forever. To push it, let me just give you a little more details about why this was so significant. Some things that I didn't even think about until I was an adult. Brother Chris was originally from Tennessee. He was only in Indiana because he was a Bible college student. His greatest desire was to be a missionary to the Marshall Islands. And as part of their college requirement, each student um, was to, uh, required to volunteer their time in a ministry, and he chose the bus kid ministry. Um, so number two, Brother Chris paid for my school bill for five years. What should have only taken him four years to graduate from Bible college, it took him over five years because sometimes he was unable to pay for his own tuition because he was paying mine. 
Had Brother Chris not gone out of his way to pay for my tuition to a Christian school for all those years, I can 100% guarantee I would not be who I am today. I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be standing here in front of you all today. I wouldn't be who I am spiritually, mentally, emotionally. That radical reversal move of God literally changed my life forever. And I told you at the beginning of the message that I love the story of the woman at the well and that I will let you know why. Well, the reason why this story resonates so much with me is because I like to think like me, that like me, this woman who probably felt forgotten, who probably up to until that point lived her life without feeling any real value, that after that encounter with Jesus and after that radical reversal, she remained astounded for the rest of her life by the fact that Jesus went out of his way to find her, that he needed to find her, because that's exactly how I feel when I think about my story. God led a man from Tennessee to Indiana to work at a bus ministry, to meet me, to lead me to Christ, to go out of his way, to pay for my tuition to a Christian school for five years, all leading to a radical, drastic, major, profound reversal in my life, just like the woman at the well. And just like that radical reversal led the woman to run into her community and tell everyone about Jesus, my radical reversal led me to a life filled with a love for God I could have never imagined. All I ever wanted to do was to work for God, however that looked like. And so much so that up until I was 17, I thought that my desire to work for the Lord was that I was going to end up not married and in some remote missions place. And I was totally fine with that. But of course, then I met my husband when I was 17 and that changed. <laughs> but it's good because I'm glad I didn't have to give that up. <laughs> and I'm still doing the Lord's work. Amen. Amen. So with all of you, uh, with all this that I've shared, just for a, mo a moment, can we pause and consider how God sees us? how God has gone out of his way for all of us, all of us, so far out of his way that he went to a cross for us. You, me, the Samaritan woman, all of us, he chose to die for us. And you probably already know this in your head, but when was the last time you owned that truth in your heart? So for just a moment, I'd like you to do something with me. If everybody can close your eyes. And right now, in the privacy of your own mind, just think of the ways you know Jesus has gone out of his way for you. And I also want you to think of all the lies that you've believed about being forgotten, about not being valued. Now, with your eyes still closed, I want you to picture Jesus sitting right in front of you. He's face to face. He's looking at you in your eyes, and I want you to hear him say this to you. I see you. I choose you. I love you. My child, please stop thinking you are forgotten. You are my beloved. I died for you. I would leave 9,999 sheep over and over again for eternity on end just to be with you. You are mine. Okay, you can open your eyes. Did you see Jesus? Did you hear him say those words to you? When we accept this foolish love of God personally, and in the depths of our soul, accept the fact that he chooses us, and we are his beloved, 
In this radical reversal, he only asks one thing of us, the most important action step is for us to do the same for others. To join him in joyfully passing on his love with everything we have, to give that same radically reversing love to others in our world, especially to those who are hurting and are most vulnerable. Did you know that Jesus talks about caring for the poor, the marginalized, the vulnerable, more than just about anything, in, anything else in his time on earth? In fact, the Bible has more than 2,000 verses that addresses how we should treat the poor and advocate for justice for the vulnerable. Now, there are literally dozens and dozens of examples of this in Scripture, but for a moment, I just want to dive into one of the most powerful of them all in Matthew 25. You can turn to Matthew 25. And Jesus says these words, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So you see his kingdom is one of radical reversal. It's a different kind of kingdom. Instead of riding in on a stallion, our king rides in on a donkey. Instead of having servants, he came to serve and washed his disciples' feet. Instead of being wealthy, he lived a meager life with few possessions and invited his disciples to do the same. He challenged us to think every single thing about every single thing in this life differently. Radical reversals, just like the woman at the well, just like me, always lead to steps of action. Her action steps were to run to her fellow townspeople and tell them about what the Lord had done for her. Mine was to live my life for God with passion and fervor. Ours is to do the same as we restore broken circumstances in our world and affirm the inherent dignity of people. So, Mission Ebenezer, we are called to restore the broken circumstances surrounding the most vulnerable and impoverished people in our world. We are called. This is not an option. We are called to do this. We are called to provide relief in a tangible way to the terrifying and horrible circumstances of those who have so little in this world. And we are called to affirm their inherent dignity. And in, what inherent dignity means is that it doesn't matter who you are or what title you bear or where you come from or how much money you have, you are an image bearer of the one true king. And uh, my friend Rusty, he says that we gloss over the second action step of the reversing kingdom when Jesus calls the people who are hungry, thirsty, homeless, and hurting those that have the least in this world, he calls them his brothers and sisters. And in doing so, he is affirming their inherent dignity. Do you know how powerful that is? Jesus knows that, Jesus knows that we as human 
no matter how good we are in our hearts, we tend to unknowingly protect the false narrative that when people have less, they are less. And in this one small but holy sentence, Jesus completely destroys that lie, that safeguard, and he reverses it and says no. Just because people have less doesn't mean they are less. They bear my image and my identity. So when restoring their broken circumstances, we can't forget to affirm their inherent dignity as image bearers of the one true king. So I wonder if anybody in this room identifies with this personally. I wonder if anyone has been told that they are less or they've been looked down upon or has been told that they are not worthy. To you, I just want to take a quick moment and affirm your inherent dignity. It doesn't matter what kind of job you have or your education or what this world stereotypes you as. You are the image of the you are the image bearer of the one true king. He chose you and he loves you. So those are the two action steps that Jesus calls us to do, to restore broken circumstances and to affirm inherent dignity. And uh, and to use our resources as blessings to really help restore uh, the broken circumstances, even if it's just for one person or one child. And I know often we're tempted to think that we don't need to step up today because the person next to me will do it. But when you say yes to helping, uh, helping build the reversing kingdom of God, when we go out of our way, you know what happens? Not only are the people who are serving change, but communities are transformed. And lives are changed in ways that we never thought possible. Had Brother Chris not gone out of his way to do what he did for me, my life would not have been changed. So let me tell you a little story about a girl named Sheru. Uh, Sheru is the first World Vision child that I fell in love with. So you see, when you run the Chicago Marathon, they send different incentives and different things. And for every incentive, there was a picture of a child you know, holding a cup of clean water. And for that year, uh, the child that was pretty much featured, her name is Sheru. And every time I would get a postcard from Sheru with her bright, smiling face, it would just make my day, and it would make those miles that I just ran much easier. See, that's, there's Sheru. Uh, but once I came to uh, World Vision, little did I know that Sheru hardly ever smiled. You see, Sheru had to walk every day, uh, about four miles every day, each way to f go find clean, to f not even clean water, to find clean water that was dirty, water that would make her sick. She was unable to go to school because of all the time she was spent looking for water. And, uh, but little did I know that when World Vision first visited Sheru's community, like I said, she had to walk for four miles. And then I learned that how our 39 dollars a month was being pulled together with the $39 of other children in the community being sponsored to not only blink, bring clean water, but sanitation, education, health care, and microfinance. So Sheru now is a happy little girl full of enthusiasm. She goes to school now every day with the other children and many times holding hands and skipping. Broken circumstances restored inherent dignity affirmed, and people and their whole communities are transformed. So Mission Ebenezer, in the next few moments, we have a vision that would bring this radically reversing love of God from 
your church from our church, to partner with children and families in Monte Cristi in the Dominican Republic. And Monte Cristi is a northern coastal area bordering Haiti. More than half the population live, live in poverty, lacking not just an income, but good housing, basis, basic services like electricity and garbage collection, education, clean water sources, and more and more. Families mainly depend on growing crops like bananas, rice, and mangoes to make a living. But unemployment rates are high. For kids growing up in poverty like this, it means that they're at greater risk of dropping out of school, getting married before adulthood, going to work at a young age, and facing abusive situations. They don't get a chance to experience full childhoods. Almost half of all the students in the area need additional support for reading, writing, math, and other subjects. Kids' school attendance is often irregular, and their parents and teachers aren't working together to further their education. Monte Cristi doesn't have a local child protection agency or office, so violence within families, kids living on the streets, teenage pregnancies, and gender discrimination largely, largely go unaddressed. Kids and adults alike don't know about children's rights to be protected and how to be active agents of change in their communities. Natural disasters like tropical storms, hurricanes, and floods are common in this area and can easily wipe out the poor quality homes and buildings in Monte Cristi. The community needs resources to prepare for disasters. But let me just please remember, uh, remind you that adult, although the people of Monte Cristi in the Dominican Republic, have less than us, it doesn't mean that they are less. They are a community of strong and powerful people who just need a chance, who just need people like us to help restore their broken circumstances and affirm their inherent dignity. And what they need, honestly, is a partnership of a community faith like us, like Mission Ebenezer. It's not a coincidence that you are here today and it's not a coincidence that your pastor wants to support this community in the Dominican Republic. We got to meet with Jacosta from the Dominican Republic the other day, and she was so excited that uh, Mission Ebenezer wanted to partner with them. But also, when I went and met with your pastors, I heard about their heart for the DR, and seriously, I was touched. DR is very close to us. I mean, they're we're practically cousins, we're neighbors. So it really touched my heart to see that you all wanted to partner with them. So I'm, this is not a coincidence that we are here. So today I am inviting each of you to become a child sponsor, to step up and say yes to sponsoring one of the hundreds of kids in the community who are desperately waiting for a sponsor. And today Mission Ebenezer is our, opportun our opportunity to go out of our way to partner in radically reversing a child's life. And just with $39 a month, you can restore their broken circumstances and affirm their inherent dignity. So for years, we've been doing this with churches all over the US. And what we would do um, is we would partner with them and we would ask them to become a sponsor. And how usually that would work is we would ask you to step outside and you would see pictures of kids hanging and uh, you would be able to go up there and choose a child, however you wanted to do it. Maybe they had a birthday of one of your kids, or they were just a cute kid, or whatever reason. But for uh, the past few years at World Vision, we've been praying bold prayers and asking God, how can we make this have a bigger impact on a child's life? How can we help uh, bring this impactful change to a child? And 
he led us to ask one question. So how can we affirm the inherent dignity of these kids from the very first step of the relationship with their sponsor? So what would it look like if for the first time ever, this whole thing was reversed and the children, instead of us choosing them, they would choose us? And this is what it would look like. So church, we've seen this video multiple times, but today is the day, right? Today is the day to take that step. So we're excited to partner with World Vision to be a blessing to the children of Monte Cristi in the Dominican Republic. And as um, Wandi spoke, we were able to meet the rep for the DR, Yacosta, on Thursday. And she wanted us to know three things about the DR, the Dominican Republic. They love baseball. Yeah. Okay, praise God. They love dancing and music. We'll just keep that as one, dancing and music. And they love food. And I said, praise God, you sold me, right? Obviously, when we talked about the DR, we talked about what it meant for Pastor Josh and I. When we were a young couple dating, he was in the Dodgers organization. He was new to this organization and the Dominicans, the Venezuelans, the Puerto Ricans, they took him in and they loved him. And then when I came, it was just like family. They were like, come on, we broke bread. They fed us while I went to visit him up in Florida. And it was family ever since and it's been family since then. And so, you know, the Dominican Republic, the people of the Dominican have been dear to us for many years and we would like to share that love with you. And so some of you might be asking, you know, we, we're, you know, we're a missions church. We give to missions all around the world. Why would I want to partner with this? Why would I want to do this? Well, our mission statement is to restore, to equip, and to send. The first is to be restored to Christ. The second is to be equipped with the power of the gospel. And the third is to be sent to make an impact in the world for Christ. Today is our day to make an impact in the world for Christ. Today is the day where we are able to take our resources, our prayers and our time 
and make an impact on the other side of the world, to make an impact in a child's life. As Wandi spoke, she talked about the radical change, right? How when she received Christ as a young girl in Chicago on the bus, that changed the trajectory of her path. That is what we want to do here at the mission. We want to be world impactors and world changers. We want to be able to change the trajectory of a child's life. What better opportunity than to be able to do that in the Dominican Republic, excuse me, the Dominican Republic for a child who is facing poverty, who is facing gang violence, that is very big in the Dominican. And if we are able to step in that gap and shift the trajectory of where they might be going, to be able to say, I want to be an impact in your life. I want to be used by God to turn you from left to right to the gospel, to, to prosperity, to success. That is what God is, is telling and prompting us to do when we are saying to be sent to, to make an impact in the world for Christ. That is how we basically put our mouth where our money is. Or is it the other way around? You, you got what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. You know what I'm saying, right? Okay. So we have people on our team here that have family members that have been directly impacted by being a sponsored child. We have someone who, they were a sponsored child, their family member, and they still to this day carry the picture of the sponsored family. We have somebody else whose mother was sponsored so that they were able to come to the U.S. to get an education. That is the first time that I've ever met anybody that actually was a recipient of being sponsored in another country. A lot of us have done it. We've been able to sponsor a child in different organizations, but have you ever met anybody that was that sponsor child? Have you ever been able to hear their story? And so to know that we have two members on our team that actually have family members that were directly impacted and, and to see the fruit of that seed is a blessing. That's wonderful. That to me is just, just shows me that God is using our resources. God is using our monies to change a child's life. So today, the reason why Pastor Josh and I partner with World Vision, partner with Wandi, Sister Kristen that you'll meet out there, is because we want our church to be world impactors. We want our church, we want each and every person here to take that moment and say, God, how can you use me to be an impactor in a child's life? How can you use me to stand in the gap for that child? There's a child in Monte Cristi waiting to partner with you, with your family. They're waiting to stand there and see your picture and say, this is a family for me. How empowering is that for a child to be able to look at all the individual pictures that we will present today, that we will take or you can upload and be able to have a child look and the Lord say, this is your family. This is the family that will change your life. Today is that day, church. I'm going to allow Pastor Josh to share some words about the Dominican Republic as well as what today means. But what I also want to leave for you is that when you come into Christ as a Christ follower, as the image of Christ, sometimes we get comfortable with just focusing on ourselves and what God can do for us. What can I get? 
But when you actually take a step out of your situation and circumstances and live a purpose-driven life and realize that it's not about us, but it's always about him and how we can be used to glorify him, we should jump at every opportunity that comes across our way. Every opportunity. Don't let any opportunity pass. Don't let there be any excuse for you to be able to make an impact, for you to be able to be a blessing. Thank you, Pastor Boomy. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the Apostle Paul urges the church at Corinth. He says, and my prayer is that you will be generous on every occasion. How many of you are checking out at Albertsons and on the little pay screen it says, would you like to give a dollar donation to help feed a child who is um, less fortunate than our own children have access to food and have that type of insecurity in their own lives and every time I do it I press yes and I'll, I'll, I'll choose the quantity every time I want to put that scripture into action every time and live that out you guys um, Sister Kathy would you just wave your hand Sister Kathy's um, goddaughter Christine Hayward is one of the vice presidents for World Vision and that's how we got connected first with World Vision and, and God presented the opportunities and we started to build a partnership and a relationship of how Mission Ebenezer can be a part of this global organization that is gospel-centered. Now, when Yogasta the other day was sharing with us, all the way from the DR, um, some important facts about the Dominican Republic, it was beautiful. And one of the, one of the key highlights that she under, underlined was the fact that baseball is one of their, their favorite pastimes, just like us here in the U.S., but I know firsthand, you guys, of what many of my, my teammates and many of my, many of my friends who still live back there in the, in the DR, who went back to the island after playing um, professional baseball here in the States. Some of them uh, live here in the States still, and I get a chance to, to see them. Um, matter of fact, the last, in the last uh, six months, I've been able to see a couple of them up there in Washington where they've relocated and started their own new lives. But my buddies hit me up on Facebook and asked me to send them money. They'll call me pastor or they'll call me canale. They asked me if I could send them $20. Some of them are more bold and asked me for 100 And on many occasions, we, we send money to my buddies over there just for basic needs. And many of you have heard the documentaries and the, and the stories of many of the, these players from the DR where many of them talk about how the only way for them to be successful or to have the things that they want or to change the course of, of, of life for their family is through baseball. And for us here in the States, baseball is a luxury. Sports are a luxury. Sports is an extracurricular activity. Sports is an, an after-school type of thing. Sports is great parks and rec. Over there, sports, baseball is like, this is my only chance to get off the island. This is my only chance to change the, the, the course of my family's future. Well, guess what, guys? We have an opportunity to raise up children right there in the DR so that baseball doesn't have to be the only option, the only opportunity for them to turn their lives around, but where Jesus can make the greatest impact, and that's through our generosity and our hearts and supporting children. Isn't that a blessing, you guys? How many of you heard about the trop tropical storm Fiona that's passing through the, the Caribbean right now? If you've been paying attention, people in the DR, Puerto Rico, Cuba, and all the, the different islands are on high alert right now. 
Jonathan Montes, who's here on the keyboard. He's from, the, he's from Puerto Rico, and his parents were just here in the States. They're back home, and they've been praying. And, and many people have been praying that, that the Lord would just push the storm out back towards the water to not have the, the terrible impact that many of these tropical storms have on the islands. Well, we were supposed to have our church reveal after the selection process today, next week. We're going to postpone that for a couple of weeks until all the people here, Yocasta included, on the Dominican Republic are in the clear. They've been sheltering many families. They've been sheltering many kids. And the selection process back there with the local churches that they're working with is going to have to be pushed back until everybody is safe and the storm has been move to the side. And the Lord is doing that right now. So we're going to be get, communicating with everybody about when the reveal will be, when World Vision will come back, and they'll let us know which children have chosen any one of us or our families to be their personal sponsors. Isn't that a blessing? What it also does, you guys, is it's going to give us a couple more weeks for us to communicate with families and friends and invite them to be a part of our vision of sponsoring no less than 200 children in the DR, in La Dominicana. We can do that, church. We have two congregations, both English and Spanish. We're a massive community. Our church is thousands of people here in the South Bay community where we can invite people to be a part of this great work. That's not about us. We don't get anything out of this, you guys. This is about changing the life of children and individuals and strengthening the impact that World Vision is already doing there in the DR. Isn't that a blessing? In the beginning of 2023, Boomi and I will be traveling to the, to the DR to meet all of the children that we're going to be sponsoring. We're going to meet the pastors there in the local community. We're going to take a big, massive shipment of gloves, bats, cleats, baseball equipment, soccer balls, volleyballs, shoes, track spikes. That's Boomy's heart. We're going to be taking a big, massive shipment. We're going to ship it all the way to the DR when we go there. We're also going to take some funds to bless the pastors and their wives. And you know how we do it. We go above and beyond. Can I hear an amen? But within the next two years, guess what? That's not it. We're going to arrange for our church to travel to the DR, friends and family from our church, to all go there and Lord willing, meet the children that we have been praying for, sponsoring, and getting to know. <laughs> Praise God. And we'll, we'll take a missions trip, and we'll make sure that the Lord um, allows us to have a, an even greater impact there. And World Vision is, is, when we ask that, can we go, and can we, and Bumi said, can we invite our church to go to the Dominican Republic and, and see what God is doing there, they said, yes, we can make arrangements for all of that to happen. So I'm looking forward to our church going there. So get ready, Sister Kathy. Get ready, Mama Kathy. Oh, by the way, I saw your grandson's touchdown yesterday against USC. Number three, Eric Brooks. Congrats. Praise the Lord. But I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm going to hit up all my... My friends from the Dominican, and I'm going to say, hey, get ready. Canales is coming to the island for the first time. And I'm bringing my friends. I'm bringing my friends. So this is exciting, you guys. We've, we've, we've sponsored ministries like Compassion International in the past. And, and here we are partnering with, with World Vision. Well, right now, you guys, we're going to go before the Lord. 
We're going to say a prayer. We're going to ask for people's safety back in the DR right now and everybody in the Caribbean that, that um, we're praying that this storm avoids. We're going to pray for them right now. We're going to pray for the, the, the children and the families that we're going to be partnering and, and blessing and getting to know also. We're going to pray for them right now. Okay, and after that, Wandi's going to come and she's going to share and give us some instructions on how we, we as we finish our service and dismiss, how we're to... Um, move toward under the out, outside tents where the process is going to take place for each and every one of us that are able to be a part of that. Would you stand right now, church? We're a Pentecostal church, so as the Lord leads you to pray, as the Lord begins to speak to your heart, specifically as the Lord gives you specific information or a way that he wants you to pray, over this whole process, over our, our relationship with World Vision, over the, the child, over the family, you don't even know them by name or by face, but I pray that the Lord just begins to speak to you. Holy Spirit, just enter into this place right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Father God, we come before you. We pray, Lord God, first of all, for safety there in Montecristi in Dominican Republic, Father, where Santo Domingo was one of the, the major cities that was targeted, that had the potential to be impacted by the storm and the hurricane. Father, we pray that you would just weaken the storm, weaken the cell of that storm, the, the eye of that storm right now in the name of Jesus, that nobody would lose their lives. Father, they're expecting two feet of rainfall within the next several days. Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, for protection. I pray that they are not overwhelmed and inundated, Father God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would be with everybody in their government, Father, in organizations that are there and people with boots on the ground. Lord Jesus, that you would just watch over them right now, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father God, the angel of the Lord would just protect them right now and build a hedge of protection over the DR in Puerto Rico and the Caribbean as Tropical Storm Fiona threatens that area. And Lord, I, I pray, Father God, over World Vision, every person on their team that has been working with us has been such a blessing. Their staff that are there in Monte Cristi and the pastors and the churches that they're working with, the parents, Father God, that are able to be blessed by this ministry, Father God. We pray for your blessing over them. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we're here at this day, and that you bless the vision of our church. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, and everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Church, you ready?